You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Tuesday edition, recapping week nine. Odell Beckham Jr. about to hit waivers officially for Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific time Tuesday. So by the time you listen to this podcast, uh, depending on if you hit it right away or not, we might have more Odell news that we'll have to cover tomorrow on potentially his new team or if he clears waivers, then the bidding may begin. Uh, There's numerous teams that could be involved. I think there's a Still a pretty good chance he clears waivers, $7.25 million. How many teams that would be interested in Odell? Matt would even want to jump into this with, with Beckham. And I would think it would be maybe a team at the end of the list that would think, ah, oh, gosh, you know, maybe we won't have a chance to sign him. But if we claim him, that'll increase our odds and we can fit him in. I don't know how many teams fit that in the NFL right now. Yeah, that that's a tough part, of course. And hard to restructure this time of year. And I think he passes waivers. And I said yesterday, I think the saints will be his final destination. I'm kind of reconsidering that though. And I'm starting to believe some of these uh, Seahawks interest rumors. I mean, I think that would be a, a destination Odell would want to go to. They've been looking for a third receiver forever. Um, interesting though. I mean, Patriots, I mean, you probably come up with about five teams. I think that would be worth talking to him about. And I know for sure the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan said they will not be putting a bid on him for waivers because they can't fit him under the salary cap. But he did not say they wouldn't be interested in him if he becomes a free agent. So I think there's a lot of teams that probably fit that bill. Seahawks is an interesting one, although come on, Seahawks. They are getting Russell Wilson back, but they're all right at wide receiver. They they needed someone to cover wide receivers more than they need a wide receiver, I think. (laughs) No, I don't disagree with that. I mean... Uh, are they would, would I would think Wilson would be interested in Odell. Um, it's not their biggest issue, that's for sure. But eh, I guess it makes some sense. Unfortunately, we've got more COVID news as the weather gets cooler. We're seeing more of these pop up now. Uh, Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns, along with his running back mate in Demetric Felton, both tested positive for COVID. So they have an opportunity still to test negative a couple times before their next game this weekend, and they could be ready to go still, but that's up in the air, and apparently so far, the uh, the, the rest of the running back group has not tested positive, so they, they, they will have running backs, uh, it's just a, a matter of who that might be this week, and, and Nick Chubb, obviously, we saw him go off last week, he's, uh, he's a pretty special runner, so that's obviously somebody uh, they do not want to miss time with again, although, you know, they had some pretty nice fill-ins while he was gone. Yeah, I mean, we saw Johnson play very well, spot duty. He certainly isn't Nick Chubb, who was awesome this past week and brings a lot more to the table, but they probably could weather that storm for a game if they needed to. Um, You know, that one kind of goes without saying, but I did want to mention Felton. I mean, one thing that the Browns have done pretty well, especially when Odell's not in the equation, is just spreading the ball around. Three tight ends, a couple backs, four different receivers, and Felton's a perfect guy for that. You know, three or four targets a game, something like that. Should people count him as a running back or a receiver? But yeah, it puts you a conflict a little bit defensively. 
And the the Browns probably don't want to lose any more players on offense. Uh, both players we've talked about now uh, have missed time for that team. Odell not coming back to Cleveland. We'll see where he ends up. Nick Chubb, hopefully for the Browns' sake, will be back this week and test negative a couple times. And uh, he is vaccinated. Both those players vaccinated. So they can come back sooner than the 10-day window if they do test negative and meet those protocols before game time. Let's talk Monday Night Football, Matt. All right. And your Pittsburgh Steelers... Hold on, narrowly to beat the Chicago Bears. We're continuing to see, uh, I think, positive vibes on both sides with this team. Um, the the Roethlisberger-led Steelers offense is much different than what we remember in years past, but they're figuring out how to make it work. And the Bears are getting better and better, especially because their quarterback is getting better and better in Justin Fields. And I really liked what I saw from him the second half, a couple of big-time throws to bring his team back at the end of the game. It ended up not being enough. Uh, I have some thoughts about the very, very end of that game and and the field goal attempt. And, of course, officiating kind of marred the entire thing with just uh, the taunting thing. has got to go. Nobody likes it. Not a single player, person. I don't know anybody that likes the taunting rule at all. I, I don't understand it. Uh, Corrente throwing a hip check at Cassius Marsh, which was not a good look, and, and I would be pissed if I was the Bears or Cassius Marsh because you can imagine what happened if a player hip checks an official. Like, what is going on there? It, it's it's almost like the officials are trying to get back at players. And then, of all the bad penalties that were maybe called in that game, the thing that blew my mind the most was the Bears' correct penalties being called on them lining up offsides. Time and time again, what are you doing? Line up on your side of the ball. You could see it on TV. You're lined up offsides. What is going on? This is it was it was a really weird game on Monday night, Matt. Yeah, let's start with the officiating. I mean, the ta- you, you wrapped it up on the uh, the taunting. This was the best example I've seen yet of how ridiculous this taunting situation is across the league. I mean, just awful. This this guy was a stealer, Marsh. You know, and they cut him just a couple weeks ago, uh, gets called up off the practice squad, makes a key sack, and I don't know, maybe send some words to the sideline from like midfield, and that's 15 yards first down. I mean, that's so dumb. And frankly, the the officiating, you know, taking my homerism out of it was very one-sided in the Bears' um, Steelers' favor. But you're right. I mean – they had their defensive ends were consistently in the neutral zone. Like, what are you doing? This is basic stuff. And this will sound homerish, but there were so many early starts for both the, the Bears tackles. I mean, they were moving slightly before the snap of the ball, 50% of the pass plays that weren't called. Like, you're kind of bringing some of this stuff on yourself. And it, it it greatly helped the Steelers. They they got well over 100 yards of hidden yardage. Um, it, it, this, the, the Bears have lost four in a row, and I've been really hard on them, but they're improving. And I thought they played a pretty darn good game. I thought Fields has taken noticeable steps over the past two weeks. This was the best Allen Robinson game. It was kind of a Cole Komet breakout. Mooney makes plays. Montgomery was back. So there's some positive trends without question around the the Bears, especially their young offensive pieces. Um, I hope people took my advice and and hit the over. Just want to throw that out there. I'll I'll send my PayPal account (laughs) here in a minute. Score one Um, for Williamson on that. Yeah, you nailed that one. (laughs) It took a little while. You know, it wasn't a slam dunk, but 28 fourth quarter points sure helped. 
Um, and the Bears really made this thing interesting. I mean, the Steelers are on a winning streak. The Bears are on a losing streak. But they're probably not too far off in terms of where these both these teams are at. I want to get back and sort of wrap up my idea about coaching and get your players to line up in the right spot. Like just the most <laughs> basic football stuff. Um, and I really think that the coaching staff's got to go in Chicago. It's just got to go. I want to. I want to. I want a, a, a better quarterback coach in there for Justin Fields. Even though you're, sh- you, you know, it, it's almost like double-edged sword. He starts to improve and he looks better. Does Matt Nagy save his job? I, I just don't like it. And then the the, the worst part I think of it Bill all was the, the one that's helping him, not Nate. Yeah, exactly. He's gotten better you because I mean? you you stepped away more. And then at the end of the game. Cairo Santos lines up for a 65-yard field goal, and it barely makes the, the ball barely makes it into the end zone. <laughs> right, like you have to know that your kicker can't kick a ball 60 yards in the air. Why would you attempt a 65-yard field goal if that's the case? You have to know it's, that. Make throw the ball in the end zone. Try to get an offsides on the, the Steelers' defense. Do something other than kick a ball that a kicker cannot possibly kick that far. Right. I mean, as soon as he lined up for him, I'm like, oh, I don't have anything to worry about anymore. You know, like, <laughs> Heinz Field's a hard place to kick, period. You know, like, Bosworth kicking a 54-yarder, I almost question. It's like, ah, I don't know, man. He's done it before, but uh, I'm not so sure about that. And this, you know, if people don't make over 50-yarders all that often in Heinz Field, let alone one that far, which had no chance to succeed. I mean, of course it's a low-percentage play, but – run Jimmy Graham and Allen Robinson down in the in the end zone and throw one high and hope one of those guys comes down with it or draws a PI or something. I mean, that's a better chance. But, no, you're right. The game management was poor. Um, yeah, I, I think Nagy's job is greatly in jeopardy, I would assume. You know, Allen Robinson doesn't seem like he's moved. It looks like he's running through tires. I thought so, too. You know, and maybe because I know he he went he did, did go down with a little bit of an injury. I don't know if that's been hampering him all season long or anything, but I've noticed this in previous games. Doesn't seem to be moving all that well and, and just sort of uh, has become a, a plodding possession wide receiver, and that's it. And um, I, I think some ball placement things and maybe some timing issues with uh, – with his quarterback in Justin Fields could probably help some of those things because he's still good at the at the catch point. But it's pretty clear that Justin Fields, and they talked about why on the telecast, just because Mooney, you know, hung out with him after practice and ran routes for him when he wasn't getting reps with the ones with Allen Robinson. And that's why there's maybe a little bit of better connection with Mooney and Fields. But I question just how well Allen Robinson's moving around. Like he's not moving around like a wide receiver one. No, it's easy to, to kind of, take the cliff notes version of analysis and say, boy, the quarterback, the scheme has killed Allen Robinson, but it never did at Penn state or Jacksonville or Chicago before these guys arrived. And just watching him run routes last night, even just on television, like you said, he's not exploding out of his breaks. He's an easy cover right now. I want to go to the other side of the ball, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, the, the, the best unit on the field in this football game. And we have a question from listener John, who's got a, a Roethlisberger jersey on in his avatar on Twitter. From on so one, yeah. yeah, you know, we know who he's rooting for, but he said, and and he 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 admits it. He says, "I have an obvious bias. What's more impressive, Miles Garrett, twelve sacks, one pass defense, twelve tackles for loss, or T.J. Watt in two and a half fewer games, eleven and a half sacks, five passes defensed, three forced fumbles, 
11 tackles for loss. Um, and I don't even want to box score scout. Uh, and, and I talked about yesterday how Miles Garrett should probably be defensive player of the year. TJ uh, Watt should absolutely be in that conversation. And look, just like his brother, they're they're really good at swatting the ball down. And it's important. And I'm, I'm blown away how many defensive linemen, when they know they're not getting home on a pass play, especially short passing plays, especially that Bears D-line against Roethlisberger and that short passing game, get your stinking arms up and knock some balls down. Interesting because Cam Hayward did. And now that J.J. Watt has been injured, Cam Hayward's been the new SWAT king of the NFL and ended up with a th- with an interception. They threw one and bounced off him and you know, he hauls it down. T.J.'s really good at it as well. But his special superhuman trait is getting the ball out. You know, the, 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 like a peanut t- Tillman-type punch. Yeah. Um, the Garrett versus Watt thing is really interesting because – it was a very good tweet, and I actually responded by saying Watt has played 104 fewer snaps, and Garrett has had 288 opportunities to rush the passer against 217 for Watt. I think it's also noteworthy that Watt had three sacks last night against the Bears. Garrett had four and a half yeah. in fields for a start, too. <laughs> you know, So like they kind of padded their stats against these guys, but I think the Bears – when Garrett played them were easier prey than when Watt played them. They're the only two guys that have more than nine sacks in the league and they have 11 and a half and 12 respectively. So people around here, I mean, it sounds like I'm defending Watt and I kind of am, I'm making a case for him, but people around here get mad at me because I say I'd trade Watt for Garrett. I mean, he's the only end guy I would trade Watt for. I think Garrett's a better player. And there's still half a season to go, so uh, we'll, we'll find out yeah. and we'll see who closes and, and see which guy ends up with those 20 sacks that, that it might take to win that this year. But, hey, uh, one and two maybe on the list? Sure, I, I will absolutely buy that, and I would not argue with anybody who voted for one guy or the other at this point, both superstar players that are just difference-making on their defenses. All right, we've got a lot of games to cover still from NFL Sunday coming up. It's holiday season. Halloween in the rear view, and here comes Thanksgiving. I personally love Thanksgiving, all the food, getting together with family and friends. Uh, Those food and treats, though, plenty of them. Maybe you want a yummy dessert, but one that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Well, now's the perfect time for Built Bars. You got to look after your health and your figure as well this time of year because things can go south pretty quickly. Built Bars here to help. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and have only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. New flavors coming all the time at Built.com. Some surprises all month, so check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. How quickly, Matt, can we wrap up Dolphins Texans? <laughs> One of the uglier wow. games of the season. Turnovers galore. I thought Tyrod Taylor coming back would be the thing that helps the Texans. And uh, if he played better, maybe he could have. But three interceptions from Taylor alone, there was a uh, was the only touchdown a pick six in this game. I think so. Yes. No, there was two touchdowns by Miami. I okay. To see where they came from. Uh, what I was looking up though is I just wanted to make sure the number was right because it's mind boggling. 
nine turtle, nine total turnovers in this game. I, I think it was some sort of record. Ridiculously bad. I mean, these are two of the very worst teams in the league that are playing like it. Somewhat surprisingly, you know, game time decision. Tua's finger wasn't able to it wasn't able to go, so they brought in Brissett, and yeah, he contributed to the turnovers, but he wasn't horrible. Um, Taylor, three interceptions. That's the one thing we thought. Well, at least he won't turn the ball over. He's an NFL quarterback. Well, these two teams are just miserable. No, it wasn't a pick six. I, I got that wrong. For some reason, I thought there was a pick six there uh, on that side of the ball. It was Gaskin had, I mean, he carried the ball 20 times for 34 yards, but did have the score <laughs> right. there. Um, wow. And then uh, Jacoby Brissett, aside from his yeah. two interceptions him, himself, uh, in, in 43 pass attempts, Brissett did have the touchdown pass to Mac Hollins. So are the Dolphins, Texans, Lions bad? Pretty close. Yeah, yes. Uh, I mean, if there's a team the Lions can beat, it would be one of those two teams, right? Yeah. I mean, they're the bottom three, right? I mean, the Jets are better than these guys. and I mean, Noticeably. I, Jacksonville's better than these Jacksonville, guys. Jacksonville, yeah, with with what they've done. Um, although the Texans beat the Jaguars already, right? <laughs> In week one. Is there only one? Right. I don't know. They're just yeah. all bad. They're, they're just all bad. It just <laughs> it's depends. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty miserable. Who, you know, it, it's really just, you know, turnover. That's kind of what... Miami did. They're like, oh, I don't care if it's you know one and a half yards per carry. Let's not give the ball back and let's get out of here. And and that's kind of what it ended up happening in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I watched this, the the little of this game as I possibly could. I won't go back and rewatch it. I know everything I, I think I need to know about what, what transpired in this one. It's really really rough, and um, I, I think you really got a question of how Miami is built. I mean, that's a bigger that's a Wednesday Thursday type conversation, but. Houston, we knew was going to stink. I'm not saying they're tanking, but they're not. I mean, they're tanking. I mean, they're getting rid of all their good players. Yeah. Where Miami was supposed to be okay, and they should be two years ahead of Houston in the rebuild. By the way, Matt, we already talked about the Jaguars Bills game yesterday, but you were a week late, right? Didn't you call an upset special for the Jaguars the week before? You missed it by one. I almost did. That was the game they got blown out in Seattle. I, I took the points with Jacksonville, yeah. but couldn't quite bet on that coaching staff to go to Seattle and knock off Pete Carroll. But I thought about it. How about this coaching staff? Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals went to Man. Santa Clara and knocked off the 49ers. The Cards now at 8-1, and one, the Niners 3-5. and five. You wouldn't think anything of it with a 7-1 team beating a 3-4 and four team on the road, except for they didn't have their quarterback, they didn't have their best wide receiver, they didn't have their other starting wide receiver, J.J. Watt is out for the year, and they still went and dominated the 49ers and handled their business 31-17, a low point certainly in the season for the 49ers, and um, you know Kyle Shanahan's record is what it is, and when you look at last season, coming off of a Super Bowl with all the injuries, there was enough excuses there. There's not a lot of excuses right now for Kyle Shanahan and the way the 49ers are playing to lose a game like this to the Colt McCoy-led Cardinals. We just talked about the Dolphins, and I don't want to lump your Niners down to that level, but Ouch. it's running out of excuses is a good way of putting it. You know, that the, the, the results on the field need to be better. And yeah, there's injuries, but don't count on Jason Verrett to play 16 games then. You know, like they've brought in some injury-prone exactly. dudes. You know, I mean, there's, it's, it's not just all, all bad luck, shucks, you know. Um, quickly, you mentioned Kingsbury. I would say him and Vrabel in Tennessee are probably coach of the year leaders right now. We just talked about, like, defensive MVP-type guys. 
I, I didn't think the Cardinals would be super competitive in this one. McCoy played well. Connor was a star and is healthy for now. We talked about him a lot on Locked on Dynasty. Check that out. See what his value is. And Edmonds is going to be out for a while. Um, Cardinals have only one loss. I mean, they're in great shape. And I didn't realize this. It's a little Cardinal nugget, but I want to talk more Niners. Is I heard some people saying, why is Colt McCoy Kyler's backup? They really aren't similar. And I thought about it, and I heard them actually talk about this on the air. Kyler grew up in Texas when Colt McCoy was a massive star for you know the the Longhorns mm. and looked up to him. So what a perfect guy to kind of be the conduit between coaching staff, young coaching staff, and the young quarterback. You know, I mean, uh, we know he's no threat to the starter. He's not a similar player. He played well, but you know, if you have pictures of him on your wall type of deal, you know, great. Um, I didn't think Jimmy played horrible, but of course he's going to get all the arrows and um, everyone's going to call for, for Lance. Kittle, Ayuk, you know, those were good things, but man, I mean. Yeah, it's that that's where that. it was rough for the 49ers. And again, we talked yeah. about it all yesterday on the podcast, uh, the turnover battle, and the 49ers lost the turnover battle here again. And sure. it, that's uh, it, it's such a theme every week in the NFL. This week, just, you know, it's, it's glowingly obvious even compared to other weeks, but. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is certainly not the reason the 49ers enough. lost this game. He did throw an interception late, but they were you know in comeback mode. He's probably letting some things fly that he wouldn't normally. Um, but you know, 326 yards passing, a couple touchdowns, and his two best playmakers on offense well, his three best playmakers. One was Elijah Mitchell, the running back, who just is a find for the 49ers, and mm-hmm. he's entrenched as the starter there now. I think long term, he looks really good in Kyle Shanahan's offense. But he only ran the ball eight times because they were down early, and they were uh, and they just started throwing the ball. And then Garoppolo ended up throwing it 40 times. So they didn't, they couldn't really go to the ground game as Kyle Shanahan wants. And then welcome back George Kittle, and he had a nice play into. Cardinals territory, hurdles the defender, but then gets hit from behind by another defender and fumbles. So you give the ball back. And so that's maybe points off the board for the Niners. Ayuk makes a great play, catches the game, goes up and gets the ball, then fumbles after he makes the yeah. catch uh, into in deep in Cardinals territory, gives the ball back. Niners lost by 14 points. Those were maybe drives that could have closed the gap on those 14 points right there. So you shoot yourself in the foot, and it wasn't the offense this week that let the 49ers down. It was the defensive side of the ball making James Conner look like um, I, I don't even know. Free. Yeah. Uh, just long, long runs that you wouldn't expect from James Conner. Like they, they weren't tackling well. It, it was, it was bad on the defensive side of the ball for the 49ers. They seemed very fundamentally unsound on defense. Yes. Yeah. yeah bad tackling. Uh, yeah. Eno Benjamin just absolutely destroyed Drake Kirkpatrick and just planted him in the turf on a run. And Eno, Eno Benjamin's not, you know, a power back by any means either. So, no, right. Um, right. But, and four incompletions on the entire game for Colt McCoy, 22 of 26 passing. It was just, um, yeah, they, they didn't, they didn't put up a fight on the defensive side of the ball. And so, if it's not one side of the ball, it's the other for the 49ers this year. Things are not going well. How about we move along here to the Saints and Falcons? Somewhat of a shocker to me. Um, We both took the Saints for good reason, and obviously they've got some issues at quarterback to try to figure out. But it was a Youngway coup walk-off field goal to win it for the Falcons, 27-25 on the road. Look out, the Falcons right now in the playoff picture at 4-4 and and only a game back of those Saints who are 5-3 and now. Yeah, some of these rivalry games, maybe I shouldn't have taken for granted that, boy, the Saints are going to whomp them, lay the points, they're at home, they're, they're the better team. Um, Matty Ryan's having a good year. Uh, I remember saying after like week two, week three, 
Matt Ryan and Ben Roethlisberger look done. They're cooked. They're dust. Well, I don't think the Falcons quarterback is. He's playing quite well. And, you know, rookie head coach, I think those two are starting to understand one another quite well. I think it's kind of remarkable what they're getting out of Corderell Patterson. <laughs> I mean, it's it's shocking. And it's funny because their two best offensive players with Ridley sidelined are Kyle Pitts, who's a wide receiver playing tight end, or he's a tight end that really isn't a tight end, and Cordero Patterson, who's a running back that really isn't a running back. So they can really put <laughs> you in, in conflict, and I'd love to see this offense with Ridley. New Orleans kind of crashed down to earth a little bit, and they did against a really good Saints defense. I mean, not a lot out of the quarterback position. Simeon was fine. Kamara got bottled up quite a bit and you know their offensive their lack of offensive firepower was kind of obvious in this one I don't know what to make of the Saints right now yeah and I I totally get the Odell idea too for the Saints because they need something like that look I don't know if Odell's even Odell anymore or whatever because he hasn't been that for a while but you know the LSU connection there Louisiana um I could see it You've already got, I mean, Michael Thomas isn't really around the team, right? I mean, is he at the facility every day? I don't really know what that situation is, but another personality like Odell bringing him into the mix too. Maybe that would get Michael Thomas to be like, ah, you know what? The the ankle's feeling good. Maybe I will play. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, would it be interesting to see Winston Kamara, Thomas Beckham, you know, going to, but wow. You know, um, I don't know what to make the Saints. Again, I, I think Peyton and the defense and the offensive line are really good. But the Falcons might be a playoff team. They're 4-4. Four and four. Minnesota lost. They just beat the Saints. Like, two not-so-great teams in the NFC are going to get in. Yeah, the the Falcons have won three of four. Yeah. They, uh, you know, they won, two of those teams were the Dolphins and the Jets. So, you know, it doesn't look amazing. Their other win besides the Saints was the Giants. So this is easily their best win of the season. So um, I don't know if you can crown them yet, but they seem to absolutely be getting better. You nailed it earlier with what they're doing on offense. You know, new coaching staff kind of figuring things out there a little bit. Um, but Matt Ryan is still Matt Ryan. And when you consider who they're battling against, the, the, the 49ers and the Vikings, and it, they, they seem to be pretty, pretty. E- you know, they're, they're easily finding ways to lose. You know, it's hard to bet against the Falcons, too. They're all kind of in that same boat. Which one of those yeah. teams in the second half is going to figure it out and start winning some football games? So um, They're at I, least trending the right direction out of those teams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the other teams are going the wrong direction and, and finding ways to lose. And the Falcons right now find ways to win. So good on the Falcons. We'll see if that continues. We still have a half a season to go. But uh, that last playoff spot especially, maybe the last two wildcard spots there in the NFC are interesting because it's so clear who the better teams are at the top of the NFC. Yeah, and that group didn't fare so well at the top, but still, I mean, when it's all said and done, I'm sure the seven and maybe the six seed in the NFC are not going to be very difficult challenges. All right, we've got a few more games still to cover. Raiders, Giants, Chargers, Eagles, Packers, Chiefs, and I've got one more question for you about the NFC next. Hmm. All right, NFL fans, there's an app out there that everybody needs to know about, especially those of you who get gas. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So that's 50 cents cash back on your first 
fill up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. Get Upside has a deal with certain gas stations and grocery stores, and they get more business from those of you that use the Get Upside app, and you get cash back when you shop or get gas at those businesses. It's a win-win. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card. Super easy. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that bonus of up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN on the Get Upside app. All right, Matt, seeing what we saw, we saw the Titans knock off the Rams, and we saw the Cardinals, even with Colt McCoy beating the 49ers. Do you put in your NFL power rankings right now, do you put the Cardinals at the top of the NFC and the Titans at the top of the AFC? Boy, that's tough. Maybe I got to defer till tomorrow to think about that. Okay. My only hesitation with Arizona, and we didn't see him this week, is Tampa. You know, I mean, if Tampa and Arizona played with Kyler, with Hopkins, I probably would pick the Bucks. I couldn't fault you for that. Right now, looking at resumes, I think you got to go Cards and Titans. That's mm-hmm. where I would have them. Um, yeah, I mean, Titans resume is awesome. Uh, it's great, yeah. And then after that, probably you know a bunch of NFC teams. The, the, the Ravens would be in there as well. Talked about that Ravens game yesterday. If you didn't catch yesterday's show, uh, half of the Sunday games we covered already, so you can go find our thoughts there about the Vikings and Ravens and some of those other games. But um, speaking of NFC... I want to talk Packers because without Aaron Rodgers, it's a different football team. They lost to the Chiefs, and this was just about as ugly as uh, the, you know, more star power, but just about as ugly as Dolphins, Texans, and a similar score. 13 to 7, the Chiefs shut out in the second half. The Packers shut out in the first half. Uh, obviously, Jordan Love, not ready for prime time quite yet. Chiefs over the Packers. Packers now 7 and 2. And the Chiefs at 5-4. and four. And look, this was big with Aaron Rodgers not being available for his team with that seeding because you want that buy in the NFC right now. Yeah, good point. Um, you know, they're going to win the North, but the buy is there's only one of them, and this would have been uh, a – they would have won this game by 20 with Aaron Rodgers. I, I hate to say it that frankly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were robbed of a marquee matchup, but what we saw was bad quarterback play. I mean, on both sides, which is hard to say, but that's where we're at. Um, It's only one game. I'm not the biggest Jordan Love fan. I didn't like him coming out of school, but it's crazy to say, boy, this guy can't be the answer. We can't trade Rodgers. We have no chance without him because one game is his first start ever. I mean, just talk about Justin Fields, how he's gotten better in the last month. This is probably the low point, but it was really low, and he missed so many throws, and – didn't know what he was seeing against a bad defense and Spagnolo was just toying with them. And uh, I absolutely think Rogers puts up 30 on these guys, let alone more than 13 points. So they lost an opportunity here. And frankly, Rogers kind of deserves it, I guess, you know I mean? For what he did. Right. Um, and the chief's oh, just, issues aren't going away though. Yeah. That, I, mean, I mean, that's, that's what I was going to say. Patrick Mahomes, yeah. what is going on here? The 166 yards passing and they've almost become too one dimensional and, and leaning on just heroics, even with the Kelsey touchdown early. And that was kind of it for that chief's 
offense, um, I, I just I, I don't really even know what exactly to point it to. Be, be Mahomes is playing bad. The the whole team is playing bad, and it's odd to come away with uh, you know a Chiefs victory over the Packers, thinking worse about the Chiefs than I did coming into the game. Yeah, but I, and I do. Um, I think most quarterbacks beat the Chiefs in this situation. 3.8 yards per play for Kansas City. I mean, under four is really, really bad. I mean, that's really bad, and that's just not like them. We talk about a lot. I mean, the, the positive is they didn't turn the ball over for the first time in forever. Usually, if you'd look at this game, be like, boy, they must have had four turnovers again. And they didn't turn the ball over. But uh, Tyree Kill was kind of taken away. Kelsey looking a little older. Mahomes' mechanics are really poor. They're not just taking what defenses give them and running the football. The O-line's just okay. They have a lot of problems right now that I keep thinking are going to get fixed week after week, and we're halfway through the season here, and they're not fixed. I mean, this team's kind of in trouble. Back to your point about Jordan Love, and I agree about everything you said about the Chiefs. It's harder now to develop a quarterback while that quarterback is sitting than it used to be because there's so much fewer practice hours and practice snaps than there used to be back when Aaron Rodgers was backing up Brett Favre you could get Rodgers a ton of snaps compared to backups these days and we've had a lot of arguments on you know with fans and and media covering the 49ers about Trey Lance and you know what he needs is reps because of how his college career went and how young he is he needs some reps and Kyle Shanahan admitted it earlier in the year there's just not enough snaps for him in practice to be ready to start and so it's like a chicken or the egg. Well, you, you can't get him ready to start if you don't get him ready to start. And so, uh, and I think we've seen it with Jordan Love too, and we're seeing it with uh, some of the rookie quarterbacks, especially the best example this week is Justin Fields, is how he's able to play and he's getting better because he's getting those practice reps, not just game reps, practice reps during the week as the starter is so important. And for Jordan Love, you know, sitting back and watching is one thing, and I'm sure you know, for a year sitting back and watching a Hall of Fame quarterback is probably not the worst thing. But at some point, you need reps and you need practice reps every day and you need game reps every day with the players you're going to be playing with or else it's going to be very difficult. And I think we're seeing that with Jordan Love and we're seeing that around the league. Uh, you, you've got to, the quarterback that you're trying to get ready needs to be the number one because he needs those reps. And, and that's that's kind of where I've landed in this whole quarterback thing and developing a quarterback debate. Sit for a little while. Okay. Sitting long-term like the old days for three years, that, that ain't it anymore in the NFL with developing a quarterback. No, I think you're 100% right. I mean, I don't know that most listeners understand how little practice time and how precious it is and how you have to devote it to the starting quarterback. And, you know, those type of things are really a challenge for offensive coaches right now in the league. Um, and Love isn't exactly Mac Jones coming to the league from Alabama as a refined quarterback. He needed all the reps he could get to start with. I mean, we just knew that as a prospect profile. And then the poor guy got zero preseason his rookie year. You know, you know so he didn't even get that. Right. So, oh, by the way, you know, COVID hit, you know? Yeah, the most important thing for his development, he didn't get that either. So. Yeah, that no. is that is pretty rough. Uh, I want to move on to the Raiders at Giants with those New York Giants, those pesky New York Giants now at three and six. Uh, the Raiders fall to five and three. Obviously, a really bad week for the Raiders. Not only rugs, but we haven't even talked about Damon Arnett now getting released with him being a knucklehead off the field, and he just, you know, he was kind of a liability on the field as a cornerback as well. 
uh, not looking like a good draft there for Mike Mayock. Remember Lynn Bowden, by the way? Uh, they tried oh, to convert yeah. to running back in the third round, draft him higher than everybody expected, just like Arnett, just like Ruggs, going higher than expected. All those guys are gone from the team now. Uh, the only guy left from that draft class is Brian Edwards, and he's just kind of, you know, pedestrian, you know, whatever. He's starting for them, but four targets, no catches in this game. With Ruggs out, you would think that um, he would at some point be able to be a factor for the Raiders. They've added Deshaun Jackson now officially, so there's the speed element that you miss in Ruggs back. But, man, everything with Gruden and and now all the, the most recent stuff with the Raiders, I don't see how they can keep coming through this okay, and finally it caught up with them against the Giants. Yeah, it it really did. Cross-country road trip, inexperienced head coach, lost the turnover battle. That was the biggest story on the field and led to a loss. But it just was not a sharp performance at all by the Raiders. I I don't kill them for it. You know, I mean, it was sort of expected. I took the Giants. I made some money on it. Great. Um, I mean, they only had to throw the ball 20 times to to beat Vegas here. And they didn't do much when they did. I mean, Jones threw for 110 yards. But you, you caused three turnovers. That was enough. Um, Giants are a tough one. I, I do think they're trending the right direction, too. And I seem like I see this every week. But I would love to see this Giants offense with Barkley, Tony, Shepard, Galladay, Ingram. You know, like, we always get two of the five or two of the four, you know? Right, that's a good point. They, we haven't really gotten to see all of it together as planned for that team. I, I still think it's too little too late for the New York Giants. Yes. yes. Um, but... They're pesky, and you know they're not in that bottom tier we talked about with the Texans and the Lions. Um, but you know, no, they're not. They're and, and they're in the maybe even at the top of the next tier. Who knows? I mean, that that's kind of where you're you're fighting for is that tier. The question is, the Raiders, what tier can they be in? Because they're you know they're they're in it in the NFC West. They they have an opportunity to figure this thing out. It's just uh, such a tough card that they've been dealt, and and uh, you know Derek Carr is not that type of quarterback to just do everything himself. He does need some help over there, even though I've underrated him throughout his career probably. Especially, I've underrated this version of Derek Carr, and he seems to be uh, up to the task. Yeah, I think he's excellent. Um, They're very much in the playoff hunt right now. They'd be in it, you know, and a lot of teams are falling around them or have just as many questions. So I'm not counting the Raiders out by any means. And again, I think the offense is quite good. Their team building, as you mentioned before, with that draft class is really worrisome. I mean, almost the, the Dolphins level, but they're overcoming it. Um, really, Giants thought isn't one for now, but it really is the rest of the year. Is if they have two first round picks and none of these quarterbacks are superstars in the draft. Should Jones get one more year and add a great offensive lineman and one more defensive piece and run it back and see where it's at. I mean, I think what that's what the rest of the year is all about for New York. That should be what the rest of the year is all about. I think I know my answer to that already. Maybe Daniel Jones could convince me, but the right guy has to be there too. You can't force it. So that's a good point. You know, the, the question becomes, okay, the right guy's not there for us in the draft. So Jones better than that. Uh, You know, do you go a veteran option in that case? It's it's tough. You don't want to be in quarterback purgatory either, though. No, right. I mean, Daniel Jones might be the definition of quarterback purgatory. Uh, he might be in this day and age of uh, of the yeah. NFL. All right, let's move on to the last game of the week we have not covered yet, and that is the Chargers 
beating the Eagles narrowly 27-24 in Philadelphia. Chargers now at 5-3, and and that AFC West picture is just an oddball one. Um, I would still go with the Chargers at this point, but those teams all very tight, especially after the Broncos winning too, and they said, hey, we're not done. We're not folding up shop over here. So um, I don't know what to think about that division right now. Still give me the Chargers, but you know, even this game against the Eagles, who aren't the greatest team, are in that same category with the New York Giants. Uh, they fall to 3-6. and six. I still got to see something from the Chargers, and they've they've hit a little bit of a funk here in the second quarter of the season. We'll see if they can come out of it. But they were victorious here and handled business in Philadelphia on the road, 27-24. Yeah, I, I mean, I watched a fair amount of this. I look at the box score, and I know box scores can lie, of course. But it's a little shocking to me that this was quite as close as it was. I mean, this Brandon Staley defense begs you to run. And teams are running all over the Chargers. You know, they really mm-hmm. need a stout defensive tackle. I mean, the Tilleries of the world are not fitting that scheme at all. And that allows a lesser team like the Eagles to play their style of football and throw the ball 17 times in this game and just keep handing it off to whatever runner of the week is in Philly, including Hertz, that aren't special, and sticking around. You know, And it seems like that's selling the Eagles short, but they're a very rudimentary defense and offense, and I kind of blame the Chargers for letting this be as you know as, as close as it was. Because Herbert played very well. I mean, he's back to looking like a stud. I thought he played extremely well, and I feel like I'm setting you know, being a little rough on Hurts. He made plays more than just a runner, threw the football pretty well. Again, only 17 attempts, but you know about almost 10 yards of pass. You know, I mean, he, he was moving the football, but the Chargers. Uh, against good running teams, Baltimore, uh, the Patriots recently, and the Eagles have realized we have to run the football to their credit. Uh, They're going to let those teams hang around. Yeah, you talk about how matchups make fights a lot, and I think that's part of it in this one. It still wasn't enough for the, the Eagles to beat the Chargers, uh, even though they were at home, but I think you're right. Yeah, that, that, um, that two deep shell that, Brandon Staley likes to utilize, and the way they can't stop the run, it fits into the strength of Philadelphia right now. And and by the way, I did like the to see Devontae Smith getting involved there, even though there was really a lot good. of passing happening there. I mean, he's so good. I wish he had a a better you know passing game around him. I think we'd be talking about a superstar young wide receiver in Devontae Smith. But he had a nice game here, five catches for one sixteen and a touchdown. But right, it's just a bad matchup for the Chargers here. Even though you look at the box score and you think oh, they should have blown them out. Uh, but yeah, it's that it's that run defense which is going to hold the Chargers back for sure. Even if Herbert's playing at the level he's you know he's accustomed to playing so far in his short NFL career, and he had a really nice game, 356 yards passing, a couple touchdowns, and uh, looks like that injury is not going to be a big problem for him either. And yeah, ball's still coming out of his hand very nicely. Yeah, and you're 100 percent right. But they've had three matchups in a row that are bad matchups. You know, like I said that three weeks ago, I said it two weeks ago, you know, like. <laughs> It's a massive hole that people are, every team that they play is going to try to exploit. Uh, and we've said this probably for 20 years, but maybe next year is the Chargers year. Yeah, it, it might be that case for the Chargers. <laughs> uh, they might need a few more bullets on defense. But what's funny is other teams in the NFL are employing more of that Brandon Staley style concepts. And we saw it with, um, you know, with, with 
Josh Allen. But they have better the, defensive tackles. Right. But and, and Josh yeah. Allen and the Bills. And it's like, okay, let's let's not let you beat us deep. We're seeing it against the Chiefs a lot too. And, and oh, make yeah. you take the underneath stuff and run the ball, even though you want to be high flying and, and lean on your quarterback more. And it's almost like Staley needs to go the other way. And it's like, well, you got to protect your bad defensive line here, your bad interior defensive line, or your bad um, you know, tacklers up front with maybe another safety in the box and, and do less of what you do so it's it's kind of interesting how more teams are doing what Brandon Staley does and Brandon Staley's defense is the one that might need to do less of it to cover up for its deficiencies yes that's that's 100% true I always find that interesting you know like you hire in this super bright new coach and, and even like Kingsbury is a good example that have real distinct styles or schemes and then they realize I'm in a different building with 53 different people to, that don't run the scheme quite as well. I'm the one that has to adjust and, you know, we can get back to that next year after we draft the 325 pound defensive tackle that can eat up some space and allow me to do it. But I just can't do it with the guys I have right now. All right. We've got to get going here. We're out of time. That is week nine in the NFL. I'm sure tons more to come. We'll find out what's going on with Odell Beckham. If a team claims him, if uh, he clears waivers a ton of other news i'm sure to come throughout the week as we start to turn the page and look toward week 10 your questions as well tomorrow at bd peacock at williamson nfl and thanks for making us your first listen every day peacock and williamson